0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, we're going to start a mini-series, and the series is entitled, The Gift. And today's message is part number one of that series, and it is entitled, The Greatest Gift. God gave the greatest gift to mankind in the form of Jesus Christ. Do you know the true meaning of his birth and why Jesus Christ came? Well, we're going to discuss that today and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can catch this series and so many others on the website. So check it out. We do appreciate you so very much. And thanks once again for joining us for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and it is entitled, The Greatest Gift, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Greatest gift. The greatest gift. God has given you the greatest gift. The greatest gift. And our journey here will start in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 9. I'm going to read verses uh, one through seven, and I'm going to read these for you out of the New Living Translation. I like the way it reads just a little bit better, and some of it makes it just a little bit easier for us to understand. In Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verses one through seven, we'll speak today from the subject of once again of the greatest gift. If you have not had a chance to go into our last series, will be a part of the last series entitled "In Him." That series has officially come to a close. It closed on last week. But now the Lord takes us another direction, at least for today. Um, And this series is, of course, uh, I would call it The Gift. And today's um, message would be The Greatest Gift. The Greatest Gift. Are you ready? All right. Uh, Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 7. Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to be reading to you once again out of the New Living Translation. It says this. Nevertheless the, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebanon and uh, Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles which lies which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan And the sea will be filled with glory. Notice how it says here that uh, Galilee will be filled with glory. Well, Jesus is the man from Galilee. So right away we know that this is speaking about Jesus. Notice here again where it says that the land of Zebanon and and the land of Naphtali will be humbled. Zebanon means Exalted. And Nephtali means wrestling. These two lands will be humbled. When you look at exalted, these talk about people. The land talks about the people, not just not the dirt and the, and the rocks. The land talks about the people, the inhabitants in the land. Zebanon, they were exalted. In other words, they exalted themselves. And there is a sense of a pridefulness in exaltation, in self-exaltation. The Lord said, hey, your pridefulness is going to be humbled. And there's another element here. Nephtali means wrestling, which also comes with um, rebellion against God. Where we, here again, um, Zebulon, where we are prideful and Nephtali, we're wrestling. A prideful wrestling, prideful wrestling. And this is really the state of man. And you'll see this. The state of man, where we say, God, I don't need you. I got it all covered. I'm self-sufficient. I'm independent. Pridefulness. And the wrestling talks about a rebellion. We hear the word of God, but we say, no, no, no. We wrestle against that, whether to do it or not. Do it or not. There is a wrestling within the soul. And God said that he, there's going to come a time, there's going to come a time when he will humble those two things. Hallelujah. Amen. He's going to humble it. Amen. Humbling the proud. That is, he brings them low and he gives them an opportunity to hear and to see and repent of their ways. Humbling those that wrestle with his will, where we submit ourselves to his care, to his reasoning, and to, and to uh, yes, and to his will. Amen? Amen. So, he says this thing's going to happen. When is it going to happen? When light springs forth from Galilee. That's when the, the Lord Jesus appears. Amen? Verse number two starts a prophecy. And I want you to hear this. It says, the people who walk in darkness shall see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Talking about Jesus. Amen. Amen. It says, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burdens from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warriors and the uniforms, blood stained by war, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Now, look at verse 6. Uh, for all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of the, rather, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The Father will make this happen. Now, I want you to notice a few things here. We've heard these verses before. Isaiah uh, 9, 6, for unto us the child is born, unto us the son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, of the Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, out of the King James Version, right? All right, but notice all of that was in response to what God was doing. Notice again, verse number six starts with the word for, for meaning because of this. Because of what? Because of what's happening in the preceding verses. Because of the humbling that needs to take place of those that are exalted, those exalted themselves. Because of that wrestling match, people fighting and warring against God, the Lord said, I've sent my son this greatest gift. And as a result of that, the people who sit in darkness will see a great light. Now, this darkness that he speaks of, if we look back, we won't today, but if you look back at Isaiah, uh, the eighth chapter, you'll see that the people of God had departed from the Lord once again, and they were uh, seeking astrologers. They were, they were seeking uh, palm readers and sorcerers and, and sorceress, uh people trying to, they were even trying to communicate with the dead. They had departed from the living God. And as a result of all that, they were thrown into darkness. They were thrown into darkness. And so it comes here in verse number in uh, chapter one, uh, rather uh, chapter nine, verse number one. It talks about the time of darkness, but how they would not always be dark because the Lord would send a gift. He would send his son. Hallelujah. And it talks about verse two people that are in darkness, in darkness, because they have departed from the Lord. He said, light is going to spring forth. Light is going to be revealed and the lord said he promises he's going to enlarge uh israel the nation of israel they're going to they're going to multiply again their enemies won't always have they, they, um, their hands on them he's going to break the yoke of slavery he's going to break the oppressor's rod he's going to free his people Amen. hallelujah he's going to free you hallelujah now there may not be a physical rod on your back i hope there is not you may not have chains on your wrists or your feet. I pray you do not. But we can all be in some sort of bondage—bondage yes. bondage to fear, bondage to poverty, in uh, there, bondage to sickness or disease, bondage in a bad relationship. But the Son has come to break the yoke of your bondage. Hallelujah! To break that captivity off of your life. Hallelujah. So you can claim that promise because when light shines, all these things will be broken off your life. The oppressor's rod will be broken off of your life, producing freedom. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people I hear have flying dreams. I'm one of those. And one of the reasons psychologists say we have so many flying dreams, because we long to be free. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> You can take our something, but you cannot take our freedom. Anyway, I don't. <clears throat> <laughs> and then he said that even in verse number five, the boots of the warriors and the uniforms, um, blood stained by war will be burned. The boots worn by warriors and the blood stained uniforms will be burned. In other words, there, there will be a time of great peace. No more time for warring. And the evidence of war will be destroyed. hallelujah Hallelujah. I mean the hardness that you have endured in the past all the pain that you endured the agony that you have endured God said I'll burn it into the fire there'll be fuel for the fire you'll see that no more glory to God hallelujah it needs to end turn to your name and tell him it needs to end right and it will at the appearance of Christ in your life as the light of God shines in your life hallelujah glory to God and it says goes on to say for unto us a child is born notice the child won't have chance to get into all of this today it says the child is born but the son was given say that with me the child was born but the son was given let me put this in a nutshell here the child that is the flesh the flesh uh, that was impregnated, that, that came forth out of Mary, that's the child. The child was born, but the son was never born. The son was always in existence with God. Yes. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. The word of God, the spirit of God, Christ himself always existed from the beginning with God. And beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The son always existed. But the child, the flesh that was born out of Mary, that was born. Are you hearing? So Jesus, yes, is all man, but he is also all God. He's eternal. Praise the Lord. So when he said before Abraham was, I am, he was not speaking about his flesh. He was speaking of the person who he really is. Christ, the son of the living God, the word of God made flesh. Amen. This is wonderful. And it talks about also the supremacy of his authority. He says the government shall be upon his shoulders and he's going to rule the nation. He's going to rule the world, the universe, everything that there is. He is going to rule. Amen? Amen. Oh, so this is so wonderful. Now, I want you to see something here in Matthew 1 verse 18. I want to ask the question, why was Jesus given? Why was Jesus given? God gave Jesus To be the gift to all humanity, to all mankind. If you are a part of the human race, God gave Jesus to you as a gift. He is the greatest gift. I say humanity, Patricia, because I don't know about aliens. I don't know about them. But I surely know about us here on planet Earth. All the human race, God gave Jesus as a gift to the human race. And we have to receive him as our gift. Amen. Amen? Amen. So why was Jesus given? Now for that answer, let's go to Matthew. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. We're going to read this of the um, King James Version. And I pray you're getting something out of this today. Matthew 1, verse 18 through 25. And it reads like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Uh, then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately or privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, as the Bible says that Mary and Joseph, of course, were espoused. They were engaged at this point. The actual marriage ceremony uh, did not occur, had not occurred yet. But while they were in the engagement period, Mary came up pregnant. Joseph knew that was not his child. And he fought to put her away privately. In other words, he fought to break off the engagement now, again, if you were, um, if a young lady was espoused or engaged to a young man or betrothed to a young man and she was found with child by another, that means that she was no more clean. That means uh, that she had broken the marriage vows and that she could be stoned, killed, dead. Are you hearing me? Dead, dead, dead. So what happens here? As a result of that, as a result of that, um, Joseph, uh, in his legal right, he could have had her stoned. But he was minded, no, I'm going to put her away privately. I'm going to do this thing privately um, because, you know, I love Mary and I don't want her to die. I don't want her to die. Uh, Give me a moment for a second. I think you plugged something in that camera. Charles, unplug that, please. It was set properly. Getting back now. Now, Mary did not joseph did not want mary to die so he decided i want to put this thing put it away privately i'm not sure who she's been with but it's not my child so put her away but while he thought on these things uh the angel of the lord appeared to joseph who had the power to condemn her to death and he told joseph that which is conceived of her is of the holy ghost god is the baby's daddy He's my baby daddy. He's my baby daddy. He's just my baby dad. I'm telling you, he's the baby daddy. Coming back into proper perspective here. All right, so Joseph understands that God is the baby's daddy, right? And he hears the word. He understands the word, and he they go ahead and. They get married, but he does not, still does, has not had any sexual relations with her until after Christ was born. All right? So they actually did not consummate the marriage until Jesus was born. All right? Let's look a little bit further. Um, it says, uh, Fear not to take unto thee, uh, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. And see, you don't need the angel is there you don't need don't even need a sonogram (laughs) the angel says here's the sex of the baby right here it's a male child no sonogram needed and she said bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name what jesus why for he shall save his people from their sins why did jesus come to save us from our sins are you hearing me it says, and now all this was done that it, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the, of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child. That's a very prophetic statement. I want you to hear that a virgin shall be with child. Say with me, a virgin, a virgin shall be with child, be with child. and, and, uh, and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name. What Emmanuel, Emmanuel which is interpreted what God with us. Amazing. Then Joseph, um, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Now, this is incredible. Remember, we're going to look at that statement. Uh, A virgin shall be with child. Say that again. A virgin shall be with child. This is a fulfillment of prophecy that was spoken way back in the book of Genesis. Now, before we get to Genesis, there are three questions that we're going to need to understand for, in, in order for us to really understand what, what uh, the birth of Christ is all about. Okay, Again, it's not about Christmas presents under a tree. It's not about a tree. It's not about Christmas dinners. Christmas in its truest form, the birth of the Christmas is about celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Celebrating the father who has given his son. This is why it's so confusing to me when people say, "If I can't get no presents. I can't have Christmas. We won't have Christmas. Its somebody I've seen on the news, someone broke someone 's house terrible, terrible, terrible thing, and they stole their, they stole the toys and all that out of it, and they told the newscaster, they stole my Christmas that 's what they said national television they stole my Christmas it had nothing to do with the birth of Christ? They should have said they stole my presents, they stole my gifts, but to them christmas is presents gifts shopping so forth and so on has nothing to do with the birth of christ other than a little ornament you know or a little display in the front yard with a little baby jesus all glowing and the mary and joseph all glowing but he's not a baby anymore hallelujah all right let's go on so three questions how did, how did sin happen? Jesus came to save us from our sins. How did sin happen? Two, when did it occur? And three, what were the results? Knowing these answers will also free you, um, cause you to be free in your life, and it will cause you to know what God did for you. What He did for you. He's done so many things for us. So many things for us. So many things. All right? Now, let's look now in uh, Genesis, the third chapter, Genesis 3. Uh, verses 7 through 15. I want you to see something here. I feel like I'm going a little bit rapidly today, but I told you. It it must be the chocolate, must be the chocolate, must be the chocolate. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this today? Let's go on. Genesis, the third chapter, verses 7 through 15. It reads like this. Now this, we're going to pick up here when Adam and Eve sinned, when they sinned, Right? And um, they'd sinned. So let's pick up verse number 11. uh, um, Sorry, verse 7. It says, And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sowed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons stop right there for a second first of all we know one of the results of sin is that their eyes were open what does it mean you mean they walked around the garden with their eyes closed all the time adam where are you eve where are you no their eyes were wide open but it wasn't these natural eyes that they were speaking about are you hearing as a result of their sin they the eyes here talks about an awareness speaks about awareness. When their eyes were open, they realized that they were now naked. Well, here's, a, here's, a, here's something, an FYI for FYI, just for you to know, they were always naked. That's right. They were created naked. Yeah. When God formed them, he did not form them with Gucci, shoe, Gucci shoes or, or handbags or whatever. <laughs> he didn't form them with that. They were always naked. So, even before they sinned and took the apple, they were naked. But something occurred when they partook of the forbidden fruit. Now they knew that they were naked. You mean me, Adam, were you near-sighted, Adam, or far-sighted? You couldn't tell your wife was naked. Eve, you couldn't tell that he was naked? Are you hearing? No. What happened here? When they partook of the fruit, now they knew it. In other words, there was something that they were covered in prior to their eating of the fruit. They were clothed with the glory and the light of God. When Adam looked at his wife, he saw the glory of God. He saw the light of God. When Eve looked at her husband, she saw the glory of God, the light of God. Think about it. Looking right into a light bulb. And you can't see the interior of the light bulb. All you see is the light. So we're talking about two people that were glowing in the presence and glory of God. So when they partook of the fruit, yummy, the light went out. And now what they were once clothed with is gone. And now they can clearly see. Honey, you don't have no clothes on. So what do they do? They have now lost the covering of God, and now they go to cover themselves with something that can be found around them. Now they find fig leaves, fig leaves. And if the fig keeps its same meaning today as it did back then, figs are very sweet, but they're also very hollow. So they found something that is sweet for the moment. Hey, this works, this covers us up but it is so hollow. They found a substitute for the glory of God. It's sweet, but it's hollow. It doesn't, but it really doesn't do it. They found a substitute for God among the trees. Jesus healed the blind man and the mind, he healed him and he asked him, what do you see? Well, he said, I see men as trees because we are as trees. We are fruit bearers. We bear fruit for each other and people can eat off of your fruit. So Adam and Eve, if you will, they found the covering among men and people can tell you things. Oh, you're okay. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. But their words are hollow. Only the word of God can fully satisfy you and secure you. Hallelujah. Turn to name. Tell them don't fall for the substitutes because people are still trying to cover themselves with leaves today are you hearing let's go a little bit further then we're going to close out today verse 8 says and they heard the voice of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day now why did god come to them in the cool of the day the bible says plainly that god is spirit he is spirit so a spirit is not moved if it's 20 degrees below or if it's 114 degrees out. He's not bound to the temperature of the world. So why did he come to them in the cool of the day? Because he knew it was comfortable for them. We're going to ski on that one, Erica. We're going to ski. He knew it was comfortable for them because he loved them. He came at a time that they were most comfortable uh, in the cool of the day. Wow. I come to you. Not when it's so early in the morning. It's a bit, it's a bit breezy, you know, a bit cool or, you know, not in the heat of the day. He comes in the cool of the day because he wants to fellowship with you. Amen. He picked a time when you would be most comfortable Amen. to love on you. Amen. Hallelujah. So he comes walking, not rustling, not running. He comes in walking. His presence comes in in the cool of the day, and he's looking for them. And Adam and, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of a garden. Now hiding. Well, another result of sin is it causes us to hide, to run away from God. Are you hearing? Let's look a little bit further. And God called and the, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? Does it, has God lost Adam and Eve? Is God unaware? Have all the trees covered him up so well, Adam and Eve, so well that God cannot see them? I'm not sure how many of you have ever played hide and seek with a three-year-old or four-year-old. Well, they'll get under the table or something or they'll cover themselves up with a curtain and say, you can't see me. You see me? You can't see me. And you say, oh, I wonder where you are. I wonder where Junior is. I I wonder where he is. And you know exactly where he is. God knows exactly where you are. He asked the question to bring you to an awareness that you're now hiding from me. Are you hearing? Why are you hiding? He says, "Um, where art thou? And he said, I I heard thy voice in, in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou wast naked? Again, God already knows the answer for that. And who didn't he tell Adam that he was naked? It wasn't the devil. Adam told himself. Adam and Eve saw, oh. We naked. (laughs) Who told you? I told myself. Who told you of your condition? Your condition of unworthiness? I told myself. Who told you that the glory had departed? I told myself. He said, Who told thee that thou wert was naked? Uh, Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? Now he already knows his answer too. Sure. All right. And the man said, oh, here comes the husband. Husbands, please, let's do not do this. Especially Eugene. <laughs> and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest me gave us to be with me. She gave me to eat and uh, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. All bets are off. You love me. I love you. We're a happy family. But when God Almighty looks at you, I don't care how much love you think you got. You're going to throw everybody under the bus. You feel, I mean, you think yeah. parents are scary, you think your principal is scary, the, p- the police are scary. When God That's right, yeah. says you're in trouble, buddy, <laughs> everything in you shakes. Yes. Yeah. So if I can read this properly, I think it would say the, w- 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 the, w- w- the woman you gave me. She gave me eat and I did eat, and the Lord said to and and the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? Whew. And she says, Oh, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. There's a lot of folk under that bus right now. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And it said, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. They wanted to escape that. Who? Daddy got you, didn't get me. They want to avoid that, the wrath of God. So, this, so Bible, Bible scholars say that at one point in time, this serpent, of course, was, uh, it had four legs. The snake had four legs and, and, walked among, and walked on the earth. But now God says, because of this, you're going to eat dirt for the rest of your life. Legs went in. Can you imagine that? Legs go in. (laughs) Tongue comes out and now (laughs) But the snake in Genesis has become the dragon in Revelation. It has grown because we have fed it. Human race has fed it. And it has increased and increased. Let's go on further. Gotta gotta hurry. It says in verse number um, 15, and I will put enmity between thee or warring or hostility between thee talking about the, the snake and the woman between you and the woman between thy seed and her seed. Here's again the appearance of the virgin birth because the woman does not carry the seed that is the man that carries the seed. Meaning that God would place in the human race the seed, the son of God. He would put in the human race Christ, and Christ would be carried down through the lineage from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and go all the way through, and then eventually be born of the virgin. It is the seed that the human race would carry. God would find favor with families, with Noah, all throughout all throughout the Bible until the Christ could be born, the seed of the woman, that virgin birth, those who would carry the, those who would um, continue with or those who would continue with the covenant of God that would keep covenant with him, and he will be faithful to allow the seed to be born one day of the Virgin Mary. are you hearing Amen. he didn 't just pop up with Mary. this began a whole long time ago he said. He said, God's going to put warring or hostility, hostility between thee and, and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. And listen, he said, It shall bruise thy head. This seed shall bruise thy head. Head meaning authority. Authority of power. His seed, this seed, the seed of Christ, is destined to destroy the authority or the head of the enemy. Boom. But doing that as well, he said, and thou shalt, the devil, you shall bruise his heel. Now, heel could mean that the heel of a foot. If you talk about a man, if you look at it this way, the devil's there on the ground and Jesus stomped on his head and his, the devil's head would be bruised and his heel would be bruised as a result of the pressure going down and crushing the head. But it is more, is more um, interpreted this way, that it is Christ that would destroy or crush the enemy's authority. And the heel here talks about the hinder part of an army, the rear of an army. They call that the heel, the rear of an army. So if we look at this being Christ's body globally and throughout time, the, la- the latter part, the latter part of the body will be crushed Many will be beheaded for the cause of Christ Jesus. They will lose their lives as many have. But in the last days, book of Revelation, that will be crushed. His body. Are oh, you hearing me? All right, let's go ahead and close out a little bit further. Um, so once you notice again, it is <clears throat> Adam and Eve carried the light and it is a light that God has called to restore. We talked a lot. Of, we talked a lot. But it is a light that God is restoring to mankind what was lost with Adam and Eve. The Father wants to restore through the gospel of Jesus Christ through his son Jesus Christ. Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." Yeah. He's come as the light to restore the light to the human race. That light that was fallen, that life that light that was lost can be restored through Jesus Christ. The light was there with Adam and Eve because they retained the word of God. Look at two verses here. Psalm 119 verses 105. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Look at it also down verse 30. It says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Adam and Eve maintained the light because they maintain their obedience they kept the word and they were obedient. The moment they disobeyed, they forsook the word and the light left. The light is all about the word, whether you receive it or reject it. Those that receive the light of God will walk in, or rather, those who receive the word of God will walk in light. Those who reject the word of God will walk in darkness. It is all about his word. Amen. Amen. So, again, the birth, the birth life, death, and death. And resurrection, resurrection of Christ is God's gift to man, which enables us to come out of darkness and to once again dwell in the light. I have so much more to give you today, but I can't give it all to you today. So this is a good place to stop right here. Remember, always remember the true meaning of Christmas is all about Jesus. And it is, Jesus is God's gift to mankind. Really, in essence, to restore the light, to restore the fellowship, to restore everything that was lost there in the garden. Perfect fellowship and perfect communion, communion with God. Instead of man running and hiding, man was there in the beginning, in the cool of the day, fellowshipping with the Father. There was no running. There was no fear. There was love in the garden. Everything that was lost, the Father is restoring in the presence and in the gospel and in the person of Jesus Christ. He is God's gift to man. Remember, man left because of his own disobedience, because of his his own pride. I'm going to be like God. This was the, the lie that the enemy sold them. But understand, man was already like God, formed in his likeness after his image. Man was deceived into thinking that he would be something that he already was. And so, but the image was marred, when Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, the image was marred. It was, it was um, destroyed. The image and likeness of God was destroyed, but Jesus has come to bring it back. So, this is why he says uh, that, he, that we are called to be Christians, Christ like, because now we can do this because Jesus is the express image, the exact likeness of God. So, being like him is like being like God, and so the image is restored. I look forward to going even deeper with you next time. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Say with me, Father. Say with me, Father. I I receive your gift. I receive the light. Of Jesus Christ Christ. into my life. life. Let's restore the fellowship fellowship. through the blood of Jesus. Jesus. I want to walk with you in the cool of the day. day. I want to be clothed with your glory, with With the light of your presence. presence. Come, let us fellowship together. I want to know you as Father. And I want you to know me as child. You are my God. I am your people. We are one in Christ Jesus. Today, I receive you. I receive you. I receive you. Come in my life. and let's restore the fellowship. Reconcile me. Reconcile me through the gospel of Christ Jesus. Jesus. I receive your gift. gift. Jesus is mine, mine. and I am his. I love you you this morning. In Jesus' name, name. amen, amen, amen. Amen. Now let's go ahead and clap our hands together again. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba. Hallelujah. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.